This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome you to Porch Talk. I got a fun episode here for you, I think so. What do y'all think? We'll figure something out. Roll yeah. tide. Oh, it'll be fun. I'm a full Alabamian today. I got <laughs> I got a, Isaiah's back. What's up? And Steve-O has joined us. What's up, dude? What's up, man? It's good to have you. If you're familiar with these names, you're familiar with the open mic at Monson's. Uh, shout out to these boys for coming out and supporting and playing. Always a pleasure when y'all sit in. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you for inviting us over to the crib, meeting Jasper the dog. Hey, full experience, man. I'm not What's holding up? anything back. Hey, yo. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is we're on the porch tonight baby and you're gonna yeah. talk about it yeah speaking are, are, are we on the porch we're uh, on porch talk the proverbial porch i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna go out on the stoop it's too daggum hot it's been a yeah. scorcher you know, I, th- I thought about that before i came over here and i was like i hope we're actually not gonna be on the porch tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be a miserable experience i've got one scheduled on a porch thursday and i'm thinking it's gonna be a reschedule <laughs> <laughs> just asked to politely move it into the room yeah i was gonna have to tell her, i was like you're gonna have to clean your inside of your house because i'm not you're not putting me on porch no more that's hot too dang hot and um that's the thing, man, is uh, living in Mississippi, one week it'll be in the 70s, one week it'll be very much not that, and this is one of those very much not that weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, official summer kicked off this weekend, and it ain't playing no games, but we did have actual spring. I mean, it felt good for a long time. It did. I enjoyed a lot of outdoors, got out in the boat, fished a little bit, got hang for it. Uh, y'all paid any attention i know you said you hadn't earlier but uh oh zuckerberg and musk they trying to step into step into the octagon so i heard that there was a <laughs> twitter feud and apparently elon was like well let's just duke it out and elon's mom apparently said that was going to be a no-go yeah she's not with it have you heard about this steven I have not, but uh, you're gonna do a quick off, Google off the off the top of my head. I would put my money on Elon for sure. I'm going Zuckerberg because he's what? he's black belt in BJJ. Yeah, but and I thought, like recently a month ago, like they dropped some videos, and he's actually pretty good when it comes to jujitsu. I think that's one. That's probably why Elon's mom bugged him out. But think about it. So I often equate Elon Musk to the. He's like the real-life Tony Stark. I would say Iron Man, sure. And so, yeah, he might be not a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But it don't matter if he can build a humanoid and you can fight that. He would send an alien (laughs) version of himself, and it would be like, you would think it's him until he pulls out a laser and then owns Facebook, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so... I mean... I don't want to throw too much shade at Zuckerberg, but it's funny to me. I remember, like, he was, I don't know if he was at his home, had to be. And it's a picture of him. I, I think he's talking about Meta. Yeah. And in the background of the still images on the shelf behind it, you know, typically you might would have, I don't know, a family photo, maybe a candle. There was some uh, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Oh, so is he one of us? I don't, I don't know if he's human or not. 
Like, <laughs> that seems like someone trying to break. It's like they were programmed to be a humanoid. And then they realized, what do humans do? Uh, humans like barbecue. <laughs> That's the meme. That is exactly the meme. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm trying to be human here. Like, uh, don't people put a barbecue so- uh, sauce above their fireplace? This is like a Rick and Morty skit, but in real life. <laughs> Wait, y- y'all don't put barbecue sauce on y'all's fireplace? So, I'm the only one. So, Stephen, you recently got married. Do you think that yes. your wife would allow you to put barbecue sauce on the shelf instead of a photo? Well, my friends come over. It is a bit I, of a, it's a move. It I don't know if it's allowed, but it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's done. Yes. Oh, uh, we were talking about it at work today, and so I think Zuckerberg is five eight, and he's like, I think one hundred and sixty eight pounds. Now Musk is like six two, and what I saw on paper is one hundred and ninety five. There's no way because he's more my size, and he's kind of barrel chested. So right. I'm, I'm gonna put him at about two thirty. So. Steve-O might be on to something when it comes to... I mean, just look at the picture of these guys. Yeah, hot and white. Yes, if you're listening to this podcast, look at the picture Steven just held up for you. (laughs) He's showing me. (laughs) Yeah, but... uh, Yeah, well, I will make that the background for this episode. (laughs) Picture (laughs) a shirtless Elon Musk. We've seen it, and it's not a pretty sight. Dude, so my thinking, yet again, I'm going to bunker down. I'm going to say that Elon Musk... He has like a robot plate in his chest, and if you hit it, you explode. Tony Stark, back at it, yeah. Tony Stark. Because think of it, no one's, you've never seen a video of Elon even trying to be physically like active, like him trying to have a physical altercation. He well, doesn't have to prove himself. Yeah, and that's, I mean, think it what, go for it. Oh, I've got a fact. Okay. okay. Zuckerberg has only been training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for 18 months. Oh. Money can buy anything. Hmm. But if he is... Maybe he's 12 years younger. Yeah, he's 38, and I think uh, Elon is 52. But here's the thing. I also feel like, kind of like uh, Buzz Lightyear, like he probably got a button in his wrist. <laughs> and like when he starts to lose, he hits the emergency button, and then all the Teslas come out. And they like they run over Zuckerberg. And he's a lizard alien, but he can only fight off so many Teslas. That's, that was another point that I heard. I thought was interesting. Really, was, I didn't. In, that's crazy. No, 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 no. It, it was a, it was in regards to Tesla uh, stock and also Facebook stock, like uh, fiduciary duties of these people who are over these companies. Their CEOs. He's CEO. Uh, Zuck is CEO of Meta. Of uh, Elon is CEO of Tesla. What if one of them gets? drilled real hard in the head and like everybody sells their stock like you could you know it could it could implode be like the dude's obviously uh he got his brains knocked out i don't want to be a part of this anymore well and (laughs) that you know getting on the more serious side of things the thing about elon musk that he himself has admitted is people have given him so much status and power Mm -hmm. that he could change the entire world stock market with just one tweet he did that with Doge back during like mm-hmm. all the stock markets and everything. And that's why he's he has promised he will never comment on the stock market like that again. Because what? he can he changed it with just one tweet. That's insanity. Yeah. The fact that For one pe- man has people, that much power. People to have that much? Yeah, absolutely. And then um you go into the 
just back to the stock market with these uh, these Reddits and how somehow they figured out that GameStop was going to get shorted, and so they all bought GameStop to right. whoop, knock the price up. And so it was a, it was an interesting run. That was like one of the most interesting times because I play with the stock market. Right. And I was right when I saw that Reddit thread, and thank God I got like nerd friends who were just on Reddit all day, and they was like, check this out. And I was like, bet. I'm going in. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a good move. And, uh, you know, that was one of the, the rare times to where, like, all these hedge funds who had betted on short and GameStop lost. It is interesting how if you have information or you have appeared status, mm-hmm. you don't even have to actually have a status, like what people perceive you to have. I guess appear, perceived is the word I'm looking for. If you have perceived status, you can have power to do so much in the way that the world's in the digital age. If someone thinks that you know something bigger and you can lie and appear that you do, or you might actually do. Who knows? All it takes is just one bad Reddit thread, one tweet, and you can build, make, or destroy someone or your entire career and that's insanity yeah dude <laughs> uh totally like of uh, in every aspect of your life like uh one one bad post or tweet that could you could lose your job uh it could change the entire way that society looks at you yeah for better or worse uh i think about that with music uh, oh yeah it's it's any time and I don't mind people having like their political opinions but like when you are I guess someone I respect musically if you're not known for your politics or even maybe your religious stances it's like well just keep it that way you know I don't yeah. I don't need to know you know I, I just enjoy your music uh, but that's not really going to affect me enjoying your music one way or the other I was like well that's, uh, that's a take I don't agree with and move on but some people it does have that kind of personal Reflection. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember uh, one of my favorite bands growing up was The Offspring. Okay. Uh, and their drummer, uh, his doctors said that he was not eligible to get the COVID shots. So they fired him. And he had been in the band for over 15 years. And, like, I've, I've heard him on different podcasts now sharing his story. Shout out, dude. One of my favorite drummers. I thought he was awesome. And, like, he wasn't the original drummer. And hearing his story of, like, living out in California and how he got hooked up with a gig, pretty insane how it all went down. And, like, because, like, there were other punk bands like Rancid and things like that, I think, if I remember correctly, that were interested in him. But he chose to be with The Offspring and, like, great records. I love this. I love their songs. Like, they were they were countercultural. Like, the kids aren't all right. They were talking about... Yeah, it's punk rock, but it was like punk in the best way to where they were talking about uh, social issues, and they were 100% correct. Like, it wasn't, it, it was a great take, you know. Uh, and I hated that for him, but he's he's doing fine now. He's he's found new work, but it's yeah. it sucks when things like that happen to people. Well, it's like the same thing happened with Eric Clapton. Like, you know, they went mm-hmm. in the matter of just a few years from people making the blasphemous claim that Clapton is God to he just got canceled so hard during COVID because he got on you know the internet or got in an interview and he's like 
I regret taking the COVID vaccine, and I think that lockdowns are kind of a scam. And this is one of the biggest musicians of all time. Like, mm-hmm. without a doubt, I believe that he'll go down in the same history as Beethoven, Bach, all these guys. Slow hand, man. Dude, yeah. Eric Clapton is one of the greatest musicians of all time, and they tried to cancel him and turned on him so quickly. Even his fellow blues guys, musicians, they all turned on him because he said, I regret taking the COVID vaccine. I think this whole lockdown has been a scam about control. And whether you agree with that or not, who cares? It's just an opinion. But the fact that people started bringing up stuff from when he was hooked on drugs in the 70s and trying to use against him. Or the kid on the balcony thing. That came back up. Yeah, they like about his uh, son fell mm-hmm. off a balcony and they tried to say he was a bad parent when 33 years ago when it happened, everyone had sympathy for him. But because he had a different opinion about yeah, COVID lost. vaccine, mm-hmm. they're going to sit there and use something he did while hooked on drugs that he's repented of and moved on from, and they're going to use a tragedy, like the greatest tragedy the man's ever experienced against him. And throw it in his face, yeah. It, all, man, the internet's a crazy place. Yeah. And I, I love seeing that, and uh, I was on the Man Up show yesterday, and uh, they had a, uh, it was the first time I met him, Phil, and, you know, we're, we're just talking about, like, just some of these cultural things, such as the Elon thing can, has the power to change finance with one tweet, Things like that. And, you know, when somebody's like, what? You know, in the chat, I didn't know that. And he's like, what, first time on the internet? And it's literally that. Yeah. It's like the most highest things take place here, but also really good things from time to time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it has the power to do either one. Like, uh, I don't know, I, th- I think about the, you know, Bible, and I, I think a lot of people get the thing about money wrong. It's like it's it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Not money itself. Right. Good yeah. things can happen with money. Mm-hmm. Bad things can happen. It's how you use it. Exactly. It's, it's the intent. I mean, just think about how much money it takes to print millions and millions of copies of God's Word to send out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's... And I think about, like, some of the, the mission trips I was able to go on when I was yeah. younger. And, dude, I was a poor college student. And that was financed by people who believed in the mission that we were doing, and they yeah. they fully funded my trip. I've, I wouldn't have been able to go if it wasn't for that. Right. And that was some of the, uh, I mean, those were life-altering trips. really changed the way that I viewed the world, and uh, it helped shape me as a believer. But in the same way that if you have this love of money and you try to, well, it's like the Proverbs 16 thing. Uh, me and Stephen were talking about with some youth kids the other day. It says that riches gained unjustly are not worth near as much as a little gained justly or gained righteously. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not the it's not the having uh, the means to have the power. It's how you use it with great power. In the words of the great Uncle late, Ben, Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same way with your finances and. Just like how you use your finances, the internet, it's the great. It's a great form of wealth, but my gosh, can you spend that wealth in such a terrible way? Well, think of how quickly you can look up the Word of God on the internet, or how quickly you can look up pornography. Yep, it's just one click away in either direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen, you got something there? Well, I'll just look at the verse you were just talking about. It's Proverbs sixteen eight. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you, and you literally see that play out on the world stage day to day. Well, we were talking about that uh, submarine the other day. Yeah. Or I said the other day, a couple minutes ago. But the submarine thing that happened the other day. It's a hot topic. I mean, everybody's talking about it. I, I've and, seen, like, a lot of memes. I've seen a lot of jokes. I've seen a lot of different takes on this. And, like, I've seen a lot of strife, envy, jealousy. Like, people dunking on these people who yeah. have families and friends who will never see them again. And they died tragically. Was it a foolish thing to do? I would say, yeah. I, probably not something that I would ever do. Uh, but... Were some of the memes funny? Did they make me smile? Yeah, but at the same time, hmm, dude, these, that's not right. If you're listening to this, like, say, four years from now, and of course we got a new world war, God, please don't let it happen. I might have prophesied. My name is Isaiah. That's blasting me too. God, forgive me. If you're listening to this four years from now and you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we're talking about the great Ocean Gate fiasco with you, Titan. Why are you getting All right. The Great Ocean Gate fiasco, where a group of multimillionaires, some billionaires, spent $250,000 apiece to go and view the wreckage of the Titanic, and it uh, tragically imploded. And uh, the idea of you know righteous living, they're finding out that a lot of these guys who were on this, some of them were just good businessmen who had the money and the funds and wanted to have a father-son experience of a lifetime then into the tragedy and then they're finding out that the ceo had gained a lot of his money corruptly and it doesn't you know either way these guys people are dog on them because they're rich and i've never seen this is the point i'm getting at sorry guys for being around the bush here or learning how to land a plane i don't know but uh i can't pilot a plane we'll talk about that in a little bit but it's the idea that just because someone has money, they deserve punishment. Just because they have power, they deserve punishment. And as we just discussed, it's not the power. It's not the money. Yeah. It's not what you have. It's what you do with it. And whether you are a you know guy just wanting to have a son's day out and it ends in tragedy, or you are a dirty, rotten scoundrel and spend your money unwisely and get money unwisely, it's not that. And it's like you said, it's a tragedy, but that's what I was getting at is... People want to dog on all of them, but that's just not fair either. Right. And like I've, I referenced it uh, yesterday on the Man Up show. I was, what if, would people feel the same way if it was full of, of the LGBT community? What if it was full of people from that group? Or what if it was full of minorities? Would that change the way that you felt about it? Like, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm not trying to, pigeonhole people but like no. these are some of the some of the takes i was seeing it's like you're dunking on these people just because maybe generational wealth but someone in their family had a mind about them and knew how business worked you well, can't hate somebody for that well and um we listened to a podcast and i've, I've told you about it called the king's hall mm-hmm. go look it up if you like shout out podcast brian Sauvet. but um they talk about how we're called to store away st- like finances for generations how not necessarily like we're not called to be rich. You know, I don't, I'm not a prosperity gospel guy. We've talked about this before, me and Alan, me and Stephen. But how we're called as men and protectors and gatherers to put away for our family. And if you don't have offspring, you're called to put away for someone else, take care of other people. And people, they 
take the idea of generational wealth and because they their parents weren't financially responsible or you know and by that that doesn't mean that you have butt tons of money it just means you put enough away to be responsible and mm. people want to look at people like that and act like they're de- demons when the reality is demonic of you to say that it's, they're wrong yeah I mean, the whole celebration of the thing and that's what people were celebrating i was that's tough, dude. I, I hate that you feel that way, but you really need to. You need to. You need to think of it. That that's the way that you're approaching it. Is it's wrong. Uh, like I said, though, I did. I did find some of the memes funny. Well, and that's the <laughs> thing. Um, I I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. You know, a little childhood trauma is kind of what propels us a little bit. Oh, sure. And um, I think dark humor is a great way to cope. And uh, I know that you um, you have military buddies. You said you live with a marine and. You know, we all, of course, a lot of our friends are Air Force, and if you sit down and talk with anyone who deals with high-stress situations, they're going to have some dark humor. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's necessarily something absolutely wrong, but it's the heart behind it, too. If you actually get joy out of death, you have problems. If you get joy out of a, a meme, <laughs> repent, but move on. Yeah. We need a contrite heart. A contrite heart. <laughs> because, yeah, I laugh too, man. I admit. Don't cancel me. I hope that doesn't get me canceled. I've said way worse on here, dude. Don't worry about it. Steven is keeping his mouth shut. Let's talk about you. Which is the last thing to do. <laughs> yeah, so, dude, how long have you been uh, like in the music? Well, um, I've, I've been playing drums. Let's see. Probably 12, 12 years now, I think. Um, and then, so I took, I, I started playing guitar first. I took lessons when I was in fourth grade um, and learned a, about three chords. I learned you know, four. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just get a capo and then you can but only worship. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't proficient enough to be able to change without looking just yet. So, right. like, I knew where to position my fingers. Uh, and then I broke my arm playing football. So, stopped playing guitar. And then picked up drums in seventh grade, uh, and I kind of took off with that. It was it was pretty easy once once I learned it. Good move, dude. There there are enough guitar players out there. <laughs> That's true. If, it, I, if my, I could play drums, man, can't I, play. I, Isaiah Perkins can play drums. I said it. Not like not like good, <laughs> my man Steve-O, Let me uh, tell you. Anyway, sorry uh, to interrupt. No, I, and then uh, once I got into music through drums, I was like, hey, like I I know. A few guitar chords and so I borrowed a guitar from uh, like the closet of the church I was going to at the time because they, they had like a closet full of some old ones so I was like yeah I'm gonna take one home and he liberated I, it. I, I got I remember those I remember those four chords I learned and I started just playing along with like YouTube and and then uh, eventually I got to where I could play but I'm, I mean all I can play is chords on guitar I don't yeah um, it's I can get by. Bullcrap bull it is. We had the finest Mexican Fender Strat, uh, little squire, uh, that ever played at this church I served at down in Grand Bay outside of Mobile. Okay. And I was like, don't tell nobody it's good or it's going to come up missing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> and it, it got to a point to where like, I quit playing. I quit bringing mine. I just started playing it. And, you know, word kind of got out. And next thing you know, it came up missing. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not even mad, but yes, I am a little bit. I understand. <laughs> I'm not mad, just disappointed. Yeah, yeah, just disappointed. Well, it's like, so I know on your podcast before we've talked about my J45. and Yeah. Every yeah, time you, you see... J45? It, man, I'll fight you right now. <laughs> Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg, but living room style. <laughs> Perkins versus good. <laughs> I would lose tra- tragically. My man Steve-O is a beast in the workout room. But anyway... uh <laughs> Uh, my J45, my grandpa, you know, as I've said, he bought it new, and or he bought it for my aunt who bought it new, and it stayed down at his church, his little country church, for years. And he said some weeks it would be there, some weeks it wouldn't, but it always found its way back. And back then it was just a guitar, you know, it's just a, oh, I got this old guitar I bought from my aunt for sixty bucks. And uh, he said he took it once he realized how beat up it was, and he took it down to a little shop here in Columbus and. The guy kept it in the back for probably five years, he said, and he never touched it, never worked on it. Mm-hmm. My grandpa went by and was like, hey, do you mind if I just get my guitar back? The guy lost it back there. And he finally dug the case out. My grandpa brought it home and left it um, in the closet until I found it. And I, of course, as I like to say, I liberated it. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, these old guitars, people just kind of, oh, that's just an old guitar? Don't sleep on it now. Don't sleep on it. Uh, and don't sleep on an old guitar it's like Steven I got a video of you at your wedding oh, wailing away on it now. congrats by the way that's kind of I'm still think. fresh oh yeah snap it out golf snap golf snap <laughs> is it golf snap golf clap clap yeah, I am yeah. fat I don't do sports <laughs> I'm here for it though yeah we can golf snap I'm it's golf snap baby oh. I'm not gonna say that of <laughs> <laughs> uh, just we'll we'll tie it back later, but I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we were talking about at the last open mic. It's something that I'm excited about. Is uh, dude, in my opinion, right now Columbus is just stacked with musical talent, and also I like that each of us are kind of holding each other to the fire, not only supporting each other at the open mics and oh yeah, and whatever endeavor, but. Uh, I think you, Braden, and others have committed to July 8th, and y'all are all going to drop a song. So, the other night after open mic, you know, we had had a pretty good night. and Me and Mississippi Mason, shout out. Braden Sansing, shout out. And uh, Stephen was there, but he was talking to his fiance at the time, so I'll let him slide on it. I don't, I don't blame him. I, I'd rather, like, if I had the choice. <laughs> You'd rather be talking to your fiance? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we were sitting there talking. It's and a bunch of ugly boys. Or... <laughs> that's right. That's it, dude. And, you know, I, someone asked, had come up and asked me, I guess it was Braden's, like, so what you working on? And I was like, dude, I'm going to be honest. I haven't touched the recording gear in a couple months. And, of course, we started all dogging on each other. Like, oh, yeah, because what you record sounds like a tin can, all that, you know, just music things. And then we were like, well, guys. It's about to be June. Let's make a pact. If we don't have a song that is at least 90% of the way able to be put out by the end of June, then you've done the wrong thing. Let's just commit a month to working on one song. But here are the rules. It has to be something you haven't worked on yet. It could be a song you've written before, but it's got to be something you haven't put to paper. Something you haven't put on you know, recording. And you have to put the work in. You have to try. It can't just be, okay, I'm going to sit down with an acoustic and put out, like, me and an acoustic, not, you know, no production, <laughs> like, just simple. 
Like, put some work into it. Not, I love records like that. But it has to be something that you would want to put out and have everyone listen to by the end of June. And, um, yeah, it's been interesting to hold each other to that. Had some frustration out of some folks. Had some, But it's been fun, man. That was... Uh... Man, it, it goes with faith too and I appreciate the accountability in that regard as well but uh, musically I do like being like surrounded by people who push you in that direction because I mean I want to be better I don't want to just yeah. play and like granted I, I do like the set that we're working right now and I'm working on like new songs and broadening out the set and doing different things with those songs but uh, I like being pushed but like, don't you think it's time to do something new Time to, it's time to well, move. And that's the thing is, um, I had talked with the guys, and I was like, well, I could record that song, J45, which I've got, you know, almost there, and I'm probably going to scrap it and start over just because of perfectionist to me. But I'd already been working on that. And so I sat down with a song, and if I would have brung my guitar, I probably would have played it tonight, but it's called Her Name's Tonight. I wrote it back in junior high. But it's one of those things... i got a guitar handy, but Well, let's not get carried away, boys. Just throwing it out there. But it's one of those songs that I wrote about... Um, it's probably a lot deeper than most 13-year-olds should be thinking. It was about uh, religion and church. And I, I know that I was just thinking of several conversations that me and you have had, Alan, and, and me and Steven have had. And I was just like, this song is still relevant to me. And so I finally decided that I was going to be the one to put down because I've never recorded it. And so... Hopefully by the second week of July, I'll have it done. That's crazy that you wrote something at 13 because I was looking back at, like, I started playing music at 15, and then by 17 I was writing songs, and it's so funny going to those old song books when yeah. I thought I had something. Oh, dude. And it's just the dumbest. <laughs> you know, it's it's there's no lived experience, and it's like love songs and uh, co-writes with friends. I just as you were talking about that a line popped in my head it's like uh, uh, you and me don't need money to survive all we need is those hazel eyes and I was like what, what the what is that that sounds like a good country song though that's it, some bull it, crap you hear from Taylor Swift <laughs> dude uh, yeah so I, I'm gonna hit Taylor up what color is her eyes Morty like, Wallen that's Isaiah's favorite I, I, no hold on I love that Hardy writes all his songs <laughs> I, I think Hardy was a good songwriter I, I think Hardy and I, Hard. I'm I'm a friend of a uh, friend I am a friend. He's from Mississippi, Philadelphia. Shout out. But uh, uh, I'm a fan of the Mockingbird and the Crow. Dude, Hardy's got some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But going back to the what you're talking about, I, I look at some songs I wrote back then, <clears throat> most of them, and I'm like, okay, I was definitely 13, but this and this is what surprises me because it's not like I'm particularly smart. Um, I'm not. I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself a great songwriter or anything like that. But it's just one that I knew that I needed to write. Oh, I hear a doggo. I knew I needed to write because it. I needed to understand what I was feeling. And this is what we talked about last time uh, with the John Foreman thing. And it's something that I tried to rewrite it, you know, when I got into high school. And I'm like, well, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it how it is. Jesus. I'm going to rewrite it when I get into college. And um, all I did was add a guitar solo to it. So it's um, hopefully out by the second week of July. It's called Her Name's Tonight, so be yeah. looking for it, please, Braden. if you'd like. And Brayden has one coming. And oh, his is um, Please Don't Go, isn't it? I, that sounds right. 
Yeah, so shout out to my and boy Braden. I mean, shout out to Colin Stowe. I mean, a lot of people may know him from American Idol, but I mean, oh, yeah. Braden co-wrote on some of those. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what's good for the goose is for the gander as well. He's a cool kid. You can tell he's 18, but he's a chill dude. Very country, very much how he put himself out there on TV. Yeah. But he was a cool kid. He came out to a couple open mics with us. So Yeah, he did. And I appreciate that because it drew a crowd. I don't know why. It's not like you're on national television or anything. I don't know why people would care. Ma don't let me watch television. She says Democrats are on it. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Or uh, Republicans. You choose. I don't yeah. Care. <laughs> it don't matter. Same bird. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, it is the same bird. Oh, matters of faith, man. Like uh, We talked a little bit about it. Steve-O, if you want to open up... Uh, How'd you come to faith? Did you grow up in church? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I was I was raised in a Christian home, and I actually grew up going to First Baptist. And um, I think uh, I don't remember what age I was I was exactly, um, but I don't think I I don't think I really truly had a grasp on on salvation and what that what that means. And uh, I, you know, prayed, prayed, prayed the prayer, you know, the the prayer as they say, asking asking Jesus to come into your heart, um, and you know, after that, not not a whole lot changed, and you know, I went to high school. Um, well, I grew up going to a private Christian school, and then um, freshman. Out. Freshman year, I went to a public school, which is kind of a game bit of, changer, bit of a culture shock, uh, but still like, substantially less drugs, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, still, still no change in my life. There was, there was, there was no fruit. There was no evidence of, that I was a Christian, other than my church attendance, which you know, that's anyway. Devils at church every Sunday. It, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but honestly, it, it it honestly wasn't until. Um, I graduated college when I started, like, uh, I got involved with, uh, like some people who took their face, faith, not face, (laughs) took their faith very seriously. Mm -hmm. And you could tell who were genuine true believers and they, uh, like they obeyed God's word and, and they, like, they just, like, they, they took it seriously, like across the board and, um, that it had a huge impact in my life, and it it really just started making me ask a lot of questions about my own faith, about my own walk, and you know, am am I truly a Christian? You know, and uh, there and there was also they challenged me to um, learn about God and learn about, to to learn and to know what the Word says, yeah. because honestly, like if <clears throat> If I say, uh, "Hey, I'm a Mississippi State fan, but I know nothing about the team," like, are you or like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it's like, what's the quarterback? Yeah, if like, you don't, you, you should know that. Prescott, bro. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's a silly example, but you know, like, if if you say, uh, like, if you pledge your allegiance to something, some organization, some team, or a certain faith, like. You should know things about it, and I just started realizing, like, man, like, I don't like if if someone if I started talking to somebody off the street, I don't think they could tell that I was a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just a lot of stuff like that. And God really started convicting me, and 
I don't I don't have a like that moment where like people talk about like like a Paul on Road to Damascus type story where it was like that's the moment I got saved. Yeah, the scale coming off the yeah, eyes kind of thing. I, I just know like somewhere along the way like God opened my eyes to see like man like you're living in sin and you need to repent like he just you know he he calls you out of it the the yeah. whole, the Holy Spirit works in your heart to convict you. And it's 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 totally God's work. It's like it's nothing we can do. And honestly, like like I said, I don't I don't know. I can't pin I can't point you to a day and say that's the day that I was saved. But I know it was around like after I graduated college, where I I just knew like like I'm a child of God and like I understand like my need for a savior and that I can't keep living this way. You know? Yeah, dude, totally. I remember growing up. Uh... <laughs> same kind of thing said yeah. the prayer at a very young age at a revival and it was like yeah. you know what a lot of people were hitting on now was like that was just an r- emotional response yeah and a lot of times especially i i've seen it with some of uh places i've attended yeah. is i mean when it's time to do the altar call at the end i mean it's practically just begging people to come up there and have some yeah. kind of an emotional response when something as serious as uh the spirit of god moving is yeah. it's it will be emotional uh, but this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But it's also it's 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 really hard to put into words. Well, and you you shouldn't like faith. I would say faith is is emotional, and like God gave us emotions, so emotions Mm -hmm. are a good thing. Mm -hmm. But it's it's wrong for churches to manipulate people's emotions to make them make a decision. Well, and I so I grew up Mm -hmm. in the uh, Pentecostal movement. There's a lot of emotion there. Right. No, that was it. I grew up, I always say, no snakes, no skirts, uh, tongues. But no tongue with the girlfriend. And That's a good way to put it. So we need a soundboard for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll check myself I'll, out. I'll edit that in later. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, as I said, I grew up in the Pentecostal movement, and it thrived on emotion. Every bit of church service you didn't have church unless the pastor didn't get to preach because people were crying mm-hmm. and people were praying and so uh, that her name's tonight i guess i'll go ahead and break the ice it's about that mm. and so i struggled with that for the longest time with i believe in god but i struggle with the idea of having to be super emotional and super and i'm an emotional person and this is where it strikes people as odd that I would say this. Because I tend to be not necessarily like a let motions control me. Because as biblical men, we're called to be in control, let Christ control you. You can't allow your emotions control you. And that's where this 
church movement that comes out of these revivalist movements of the 1840s comes from is people are easily manipulated in mass and people are very easily manipulated as long as you have your emotions and how demonic is it that church has let that creep in and it's like you said is it wrong to be emotional when you encounter the king of kings no you're gonna be not at all because like when you're in the moment i mean it's almost like you know it's what you see like in those movies of i just watched 47 ronin with keanu reeves like uh when the samurai are bowing down to the shogun you know it's just out of honor it's like you don't even you can't even show your face oh yeah well just just look at biblical examples of men who came in contact with the spirit of god and oh, just yeah. fall flat on their face or, or or like job like woe to me i'm, I'm a man of unclean just curse god and die well and that's and that's <laughs> what i want to very much hit here is i'm not saying that emotion in yeah. church is wrong because yeah. there are people in that camp. I had lunch with a guy the other day. He's like, we shouldn't clap in church because there's no point in being effeminate with your emotions. And I was like, brother. Yeah. You, it, you, okay. can't, you can't mix effeminacy with joy. No. Uh, like, well, and dude, I'll be the first to tell you, if whenever I know that I'm in need of a Savior, as in every day, but whenever I think about it in depth, and I just think of the weight of my sin and the weight of the cross and the weight of Jesus having to take all that on himself when he didn't deserve it. I tear up. I'm a grown man. But I have no I can't help it because I know that I need him. There's nothing wrong with that. But whenever you take this emotionalism and you manipulate it to fit your agenda. That's why so many people have left the left the faith, quote unquote. Is because they were in an emotional situation. Uh, I like to thank Bill, I say thank you, Billy Graham, for this. Well, I prayed a prayer, so I must be good, kind of thing, because I cried when I did it, and it's like that's not the that's not the gospel's way of telling you about salvation at all. Well, well, a, a huge problem is the a the goal of the modern modern church has become numbers, success in numbers, and it's it's not about how many people are truly following Christ or truly regenerate, but it's how many people can we get to jump on the train? Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's why we it's, meet you out in the parking lot with coffee and popcorn. And yeah. we do a jumpers. We do a light show and yeah. uh, everything is a production. We have a fog machine. And it's not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Well, our church doesn't have that, so I can, I'll say that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just, but, but it's everything, everything's it, a production. When you use it for show. Yeah, and the John Mayer, it's more than a show. I'm, you know, that, that's where my mind goes every time I see that and that experience. And people are like, man, I was just blown away by the Sunday. And like they're sharing videos. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm going to get to it, dude. <laughs> he uh, said, preach. I've, I've, I, I, I'm, that's, that's all emotions. Like mm-hmm. I saw Phil Wickham at Shell's place uh, years ago. And he prayed of... Before he went on, and he prayed that the Spirit of God would fall like rain, and as he was praying, it literally felt like that. And that was like one of the coolest uh, worship experiences that I'd ever had was that concert. Uh, and those things were so few, few, and few and far between, but like that was a very genuine moment. Yeah. To where uh, 
I, I, I felt really connected to the, the body of believers who were there that night, and I thought that we walked away, and it was a true blessing, and I needed it. It was an encouragement. Well, and, and I would also add to that that what you experienced that night was not Sunday morning corporate worship. It was a it was a it was an a, event. It was a different and, and I'm not saying that you can't experience God in an event, but I'm saying if if right now we're talking about what Sunday morning kinda got onto what Sunday morning worship ought to look like, um, it's not a, it's it's different than an event. It is it's worship of, of God. Mm-hmm. Well, worship is a lifestyle. So everything you do if well, I, I said this, I believe the last time I was on, because we were talking about uh, do people gripe that I play in bars and play in church? Yeah, yeah, we did. Talk and about that. Uh, something that I said was, "You play in bars, <gasps> Stephen? Didn't we have some good gigs at Rick's, man?" <laughs> <laughs> something that I said is, if I'm a believer, and this goes with uh, right on with what Stephen and you were saying, Alan, is if I believe something enough that it's worth dying over then it's going to encompass everything I do. Mm-hmm. And we're called to be worshipers as a lifestyle, not as just a, an event or an emotion or a moment. And and so if I am a born-again believer, which I understand some of your people who listen to this podcast, some of the people who come on, they don't claim that. But mm-hmm. as people who claim that, if we truly live that and we truly believe that God, the gospel is true, then everything about it will encompass your life and worship will be every moment of the day. Not, and, and there's beauty in that statement in that even in our failures, God is glorified. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm just to be transparent about the walk, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, God brought y'all into my life because it's been an encouragement. I had other people, a um, uh, guy that plays lead with me a lot, uh, Dave Garrett, he's been a blessing to me and we kind of, uh, he helped to restore my faith uh, to y'all as well, and I'm so thankful that uh, God didn't give up on me. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, almost seven, eight years ago now is a totally different person. Uh, I had gone to the University of Mobile, private uh, Baptist college, and was studying missions. Got that degree and was studying the uh, seminary in New Orleans. I was studying Bible translation, and so like, uh, and thankfully like. I've wrote most of the Bible in my heart, and so like I know right from wrong. And like when something goes off and I see it, like I, the 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 verse comes to my mind, and I was like, I just messed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it got away from me. Whoops. And so uh, I knew that, and dude, I was serving as a children's minister, like a led kid church forever. Did music and uh, learn how to develop a five minute lesson that wouldn't bore the kids, and then we would play. And I thought that would be all that they needed at the time. And just, you know, leading that, I'm not going to give you a 30-minute sermon. Why are you being so weird? He's talking to the dog, not me and Steven. <laughs> yeah, he's... I know you, dude. We're going to go outside. It's like he's got an itch. Um, I think the dog is feeling what we call conviction. Yeah. It's twisting its neck. Yeah. He's having, uh, He's going into convulsions. Are we having a demonic moment? Nah, we might need to call Bill Vaughn. Uh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you were leading, and you thought all they needed was five minutes. Yeah, and man, and was involved with the the music ministry at the church. Was was in the youth band. <laughs> we, we let Jasper. It's going to happen, Bob. Uh, <laughs> uh, leading for the the youth ministry, leading for the congregation. Was heavily involved missions, all this and that. And like uh, some arrows hit me, dude, and some chinks in my armor, and. 
it killed killed me dude totally totally yeah. robbed me of my faith and uh it took years and i, I had a very uh it's gonna happen chill out uh had a this crisis of faith i was uh I hated the church for a long time. Not the people. I yeah. just I hated the organization. I, I hated the way it was done. Got involved with house churches. Did that for a while. Uh, was involved in different ministries and like was still able like the open mic. We use that to raise money for a ministry, and I was thankful to be able to do that. But uh, thankful for people like y'all that have continued to pray and encourage me to get back involved in church because being in church with other believers is important. Not only just that's not the the most important part, but we're called to it. Yeah. We're, we're called. I am called to be there, and I'm also called to go. Yeah. Every day, like it's, it just don't happen on those four walls. So, uh, I'm picking my Bible up. I'm praying more, and so mm-hmm. everything. I'm I'm moving back in the right direction. So thank y'all. That's where I'm getting at. And um, and you know that's the thing, is it goes back to this idea that worship is a lifestyle. That it's not just a moment. It's not just an emotion. Where's the temple since Jesus was crucified? Where is the temple located? There is not. It's here. Yes, the I'm, people. It's inside of us. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, um, we've been going through Haggai with my Sunday school class. The dog's smiling now. We've been going through Haggai, <laughs> and it's about the uh, building of the second temple and how God called them to rebuild the temple after the one that Solomon built was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Because... Solomon allowed it to become an idol, and God destroys all bits of idols in rebellion. And they're like, well, God, it's not going to be as good as Solomon, so what's the point? That's not the point, dude. That's not the point. And he goes on, and as you read Haggai, they rebuild the temple. Well, well, in Nehemiah, they rebuild the temple. And then, after Christ is crucified and he comes back, the veil in the temple is torn. Christ no longer... Holy Spirit no longer resides in the temple. It resides in us. We are now the temple. And so if we're the temple, Christ lives within us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And through that, where is the church? The church is the body. It's the body of believers. That's why it's so important that he says, don't forsake the assemblings of yourselves together. It's not because people are lonely when they're alone. That is true. God knows us. He designed us that way. Mm-hmm. We're made to be with each other. We're communal beings. But if we are all pieces of the temple and the temple is inside of us, how do you build the temple? You bring it all together. You bring all the pits together. The arms, the hands, the legs, the tongues, the mouths. Yeah, and, and as you're listing as you're listing body parts, I was gonna call attention to the way that the Bible calls it a body, like like does a does a dismembered disassembled body work very well? No, no. we've got friends who are missing <laughs> yeah. body parts, and they they don't have legs. They don't have legs. Yeah, and that's the thing about it too. And like that's that's been my prayer. Is like I'm praying for the you know the restoration of my ministry, whatever that looks like yeah. uh, coming down the line as as he'll reveal that. And it's like, well, maybe I won't be in my mouth this time. That's totally fine, dude. I'll be an appendix. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to make sure that I'm there. Yeah. And I, I want to, and that's another thing too, is like figure out ways that I can go because I mean that's the number one thing that a lot of people get wrong is like you know like you said in your early days it's like well when it comes to matters of faith while well, I was at church Sunday Sunday night and Wednesday dude I I did I did the thing yeah, yeah. check the box are you broken 
He just headbutted the table. <laughs> do you need to take a moment and let the dog out? Like, and resume? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Because the dog is convulsing. Yeah. Um, I would like to take a moment. Uh, he had to go let the, the good boy out. Not Steven, but the dog. Um, if you are not a believer and you're listening to us talk about body parts and all these things, you're probably going to think, these Christians are freaking gross. Yeah. You're not wrong. We follow a guy who was crucified, but he came back. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we're not literally meaning body parts. The word calls each of us to a different task. Mm-hmm. The word being God himself calls each of us to a different task. And I think it's something as interesting as what you said is I might not be called to be a mouth anymore. Mm-hmm. And by that, uh, you were in a ministry where you were a leader of youth. You were a leader of music, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting that you said I might not be called to be a mouth anymore, but I'm, if I'm called to be an appendix, that's cool. Because that's what we're called to do is just say, God, whatever you need from me, let me do it. Yeah, I was just thinking of the most useless body part I could think of. <laughs> But I, I could totally be that. And, like, through the dark days of me, like, I did help some people, like, uh, what I would call somewhat divorce ministry. is like they were having an incredibly hard time with it. I did, too. It wasn't easy. And uh, I can say it's easier today. And I've, I've moved on. And now I can, because I had to go through that, well, I'm able to help others go through it. And if that's, if that's a part of it, I'm, I'm good with that. And thank God for the lesson that I can help people. And um, I think there's a uh, there's some I don't know we can go into it, uh, but you know when it comes to leadership in the church, I think people get it wrong of uh, when the Bible speaks on uh, someone leading the flock uh, in leadership in general. They you know the Bible's clear is that a man and he's to be over his household and one wife. Uh, I don't think that means once you're divorced and possibly remarried that you can't hold a leadership position. I think it's talking about monogamy. It's not talking about it's, it's the difference in polyamory and monogamy. I could be wrong on that, but uh, and I, we, granted, I don't have a good example in the Bible to back me of like God using someone in uh, New Testament letters to where uh, this guy was divorced and ministry restored. So we don't have that, but I have seen it in in the 21st century. So uh, I might need to continue to work and study on that. I just hope that to be true because if I am called back into leadership, I don't want that to be held over my head as it has been in the past, if that makes sense. That's something that I would definitely like to look more into um, with you, alongside you. It's it's one of those things, though, that you said divorcing ministry. And I, I like that because a lot of people want to use the term uh, deconstructing, which I think is a, uh, I understand why they use it, but I like the term of divorcing better because it's a separation with a chance of renewal. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you deconstruct something, it's a lot. You're, tearing, you you're tearing it apart. And so the idea often, well, I think it boils down to a lot of times what we want to deconstruct from isn't necessarily the truth. We, you can't tear down the truth. You can't destroy the truth. But it's the myths and the ideas that we have surrounding the actual truth that makes us believe a lie about the truth. Mm-hmm. And so often people who jump into Christendom 
they they bring a lot of myth into it. They bring a lot of self ideas and a lot of bad doctrine. Mm-hmm. And it's the same exact thing that if you read into the New Testament, Paul is talking to the church at Galatia. And he's talking to his good friend Peter, who is also a good friend of Jesus. And he's telling him, you're bringing other stuff in with the gospel, but I'm telling you right now, if someone comes and they claim to preach a gospel other than this one... If I remember correctly, he laid hands on him. He put the truth down on him hard, physically and spiritually and mentally. And he tells him, if anyone is preaching to you any gospel other than the one of Jesus Christ and him crucified it's wrong if someone comes and they claim to be an angel sent by god to you that should be a red flag and they preach a gospel other than the one i've given you they're wrong and so often we look at that and we're like yeah peter was trying to make those guys jews he was talking about circumcising christians that's stupid not getting into that but how often do we do that with our own theology? And we say, well, if you don't like the worship the way that I like worship, then you're wrong. Or if you don't believe in ministry the way that I know ministry to be true, because that's the way we've always done it, then you're wrong. And then whenever it comes, the um, axe hits the grindstone when it comes to our faith, and we are truly tested on what we believe to be true, it's really easy to fall away from it because we upheld the truth with a lie, but the truth upholds itself. Yeah. And so something that is really, really, really important, and I encourage you, if you are listening to Porch Talk and you are not a believer, dig in. Dig into the Word and just see what it's talking about. If you are someone who claimed to be a believer, but you're struggling like Alan has, I have, I don't know if you ever have, But me and Alan have talked about it in depth, how I've done that too. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling, you might not be struggling with Jesus. You might be struggling with your interpretation of Jesus, which you're called not to even have. I encourage you, dig into the Word and find the true gospel. Don't look to Billy Graham. And not that those guys can't help you point you to the truth. But so often we build religion out of bad theology. Figures of... fell into that trap you know for a while it was uh i mean he studied at new orleans and i thought he was great uh david platt i put him on a pedestal for a time uh, i fell in uh with judah smith for a while i fell in with john piper for a while i fell in with uh all these different thought leaders and different pastors uh mark driscoll i mean like i've 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 seen a lot of different and i, I you know followed them and read their books and saw what they had to say and then uh, slowly I found, I was like, instead of reading what someone else is interpreting, why don't I just go and feast on it myself? Right. And granted, and that's another beauty of about going, uh, I believe Sunday school is important. Like I, when I think about preaching, I, I don't, I'm not big on topical, like whatever was in the news this week and let's go to town on that. No. Here's your three Baptist points. Yeah. I'm not big on that at all. I like expository and it's like, okay, last week we met, we were in Luke chapter four verses one through well, we were trying to get to verse 12, but we only got to 6. Yeah. But now we're going to start at 7, and we'll maybe spend a little time recapping, and then we're going to move forward. And if it takes us three years to go through the entire Bible, so be it. We were just talking about our friend James White. Yeah. My man stayed in John for a year and a half. I 
I think I I led worship for some of those services. He, he got hung yeah, up. Yeah, we tag teamed it actually. He told me that we tag teamed that. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, you were the guy I covered for. Yeah, back during the lighthouse days. Yep. Yeah. Shout out James. Small world. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and that's the thing, and that's what I want to. I understand not everyone that listens to this is a believer. Cool. I hope that you hear what we're saying. You don't just instantly shut us out. And you understand that we're not talking about necessarily body parts, but that we're all called to a purpose. If your purpose, and this is important, if where you think your purpose is, is leading you into the ground, it's just like a car engine. A car engine is full of power, but if you don't get it to the wheels and it's not doing what it's designed to do, then all you're going to do is burn up. And so often people take ministry, and this is something I've had to take in time and learn over the past three years, is that so often we try and do what we were never designed to do in a role we were never designed to do it in. And whenever we get burnt out, the first thing we do is, but God, didn't I? Mm-hmm. In reality, God's like, I never called you to that. And the most scary part about it, too, is like when I think about some of Jesus' words is... Uh... You know, uh, Lord, Lord, we, we did all these wonderful things. We cast out demons. We did all these works in your name. And he's mm-hmm. getting behind me. I never knew you. Apart from me. It reminds me of the story That's of the man. That's scary, who, dude. If I, You know, you, you end your life. Yeah. And you go before the throne and you thought you were good. And then that's what you hear. Ugh. You might as well have been living like a heathen at that point, you know. And it reminds me of the story in the Bible of the man who was trying to cast out demons in the name of Paul and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the demon put the beat down on him like a WWE match. Whooped him. And he says, I know Paul. And I know Jesus. But I don't know you. And the guy thought he was doing what he was called to do but because he took what he thought ministry was. He took what he thought the gospel should be. And he was doing it his own way. But Porch Talk listeners, Alan, Stephen, I encourage you, and Isaiah, I encourage you too. If you aren't digging into the source, if you're not digging into the actual true word and knowing what Jesus has said over you and for you and for his church that you're supposed to be a part of as we talked about us being part of the temple if you're a born-again believer, go do that. Yes, I think David Platt is a great minister. But am I going to get saved through the message of David Platt? No. By no means. By what gospel am I supposed to preach and hear the preaching of? Only the one of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. If anyone else comes to me and says they have a new version of it, they're wrong. And I'll, I'll say this. It's like uh, maybe you're on the fence or maybe like you're like me. You kind of walked away for a while. Maybe you just need to be reminded of the book of Romans is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a thing called the Roman Road. It was well established for a long time, and Romans chapter one will hit you like a ton of bricks. Uh, but also, if you're brand new to the faith, if you want to get an idea of the life and the ministry of Jesus, uh, Action Jackson, read the Gospel of Mark. It's real quick, quick, dude. Jesus, you this one outside. Oh my god. Don't step in it, Jasper. Stephen goes. If if anybody's wondering, (laughs) the the dog slam. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> oh, I man. That dog said, this ain't worth crap. <laughs> if you listen to anything other than the gospel, this is what it is. Look at him. I'm sure he's not done either. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, anything you'd like to? I guess we should. I, I'm going to take him out for a longer walk. <laughs> uh, uh, closing uh, thoughts of I, w- I would invite you to read the the Book of Romans, or if you want to get to know Jesus Christ Himself, real short gospel, straight to the action, uh, Book of Mark. Yeah. And if you have any questions, contact me. I'll talk to you. And that's the thing is if you. Uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of stupid stuff. We talked about Elon Musk. We talked about yeah, I mean th- things that don't really matter. <laughs> but at the core of it, at the core of it all, we have friends who, who just in the open mic, we have friends who are self-proclaimed communists. They want nothing to do with the gospel. They've been wronged by the church. Mm-hmm. We have uh, friends who they're just never grew up in Christianity and they've never been hurt by the church per se. But why would they? They've never experienced it or if you're like Alan if you're like me and you grew up in the church world you've been around it and you realize that people suck the gospel's for all of you and the gospel's for me because the true gospel frees you and it liberates you in a way that no freedom movement ever could in a way that no hippie movement ever could and it's because there's freedom in life. And there's only life found in Jesus Christ. And if you question that, if that angers you, if that makes you mad, just like Alan said, reach out. Let's talk about it. Because I guarantee you that by the time you hear the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen. Steve, anything else before we go? No. Well spoken. Well, hey, uh, thank y'all for coming on. Like I've, it's been on my heart to uh, do some episodes like this. I used to host, uh, there was another podcast, it was called Illuminate. Mm-hmm. And that that was, it was bad. It was, uh, I put porch talk and my music and uh, just social ideas on porch talk. And then I would put my religious thoughts on uh, Illuminate, but... Uh, I don't care anything about running two podcasts. And right. I've, my religious beliefs uh, affect my worldview and the way that I perceive the world. And I've, Absolutely. So I, I think it all belongs together. And I've looked look to some change. I, I'm not going to hit you over the head with the Bible, but we are going to have conversations like this that I hope encourage you. Well, hmm. something that I appreciate, appreciate about your podcast, Alan, is you have guys who are astrophysicists come on. Yeah. You have guys who are just good old country boys come on, talk about just music. You have a little bit of everything. And the fact that you are allowing your platform to be just an open space is so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really neat that with that, if it goes back to what I said earlier, if you are a believer, it's going to be all-encompassing. It all comes down to, well, why do you believe the way you do sitting on the porch talking? Whether you're talking about politics or music or astrophysics, mm-hmm. or a rap battle between Musk and stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever you're doing, it all has its place. 
And uh, I, I may I may eventually bring over those Illuminate episodes over here to have it all in one place because we talked about heavy, hard hitting out uh, things that I hold dear, like such as the idea of adoption. Yeah. And so I reached out to a, a couple that had recently adopted, and totally open about all that is uh, they were God allowed them to have one child, but uh, and for now the the womb is closed, and so but they wanted another child, so. They started pursuing adoption, and so we told that story. Mm-hmm. Beautiful story, and I mean, that is the idea of the gospel that God would adopt us into his family because I'm not Jewish. Yeah. I'm a Gentile, and uh, and that is the perfect illustration of the gospel of, uh, although I'm not of Abraham's seed, uh, I am now. Yeah. Uh, through the work of Christ. Only way. And you guys can be too? Yep. Yeah, I'm not, uh, and I did prescribe to that reform ideology for a long time, and I'm not into that. Um, it's almost like black cats and skunks, and you're looking for someone with a white stripe, and <laughs> I think anyone who comes with a contrite heart can uh, find grace and can kneel at the cross and um, have all the good things that uh, the Bible promises. And also, uh, be prepared to be hated by the world, and that's one thing that I'm Re- repairing myself for yeah. us to um, it's okay if I'm not Mr. Popular well the guy that we follow they killed him yeah thankfully he comes back yeah he came back and he's come back again but if they hated if they hate us they really hated that guy yeah and he said that uh, they'd hate us more yeah so uh, more power to him let's get it going but uh, let's get out of here. Isaiah, Steve, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you Last, real quick, could you land a plane if you had to? As men, could you land a plane? Yes. Easy. Do you think you could confidently land a plane? This is a trick question. Is Can you land the plane? Let's land the plane. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, guys. Welcome to Porch Talk. My name is Isaiah Perkins, and this is my song, Samantha. Samantha Why do you hurt yourself My heart Been searching hard for love And coming up empty And oh Samantha You've been working yourself so long Trying to cover those memories up And your attempts are failing My friend please on anything My friend please Know your failure is not the end And every second before the next makes the next one possible Oh please Oh please Please stop running I know he hurt you When he took everything you loved When he crushed down on what was a man Did he take everything? I know it hurt you 
But your beauty is just because So don't go digging yourself this grave When it's still life worth living My friend, please Know you're worth more than all this You're worth more than all of your regrets You can take on anything My friend, please Know your failure's not the end And every second before the next Makes the next one possible Oh, please Oh, please My friend, please Cause the pain you feel is temporary And despite all this You're meant for great things takes going every day stuck in a bad dream won't make you happy and you need to be happy my friend please know you're worth more than all this you're worth more than all of your regrets and you can take on anything my friend please is not the end And every second before the next Makes the next one possible Oh please Oh please My friend please Stop running Cause the pain you feel is temporary And despite all this, you're meant for great things. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. 
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.